Welcome to Diane Canada Live on this Martin Luther King Day. We have a very, very big week ahead. We are inaugurating a new president. And I know for a lot of us, when I say those words, they sting a little bit. Um, we are all still reeling from a lot of unsettled emotions right now. I know um, from this very tumultuous election. And why are we so angry? I mean, I'm just asking myself the question, why are we so angry and why are we so frustrated? I don't believe that it's because we wanted a certain man to win. I don't think that we're throwing temper tantrums around the country because we didn't get our way. I believe it's because we love our country and we're being forced to swallow this pill that will fundamentally alter it in every way imaginable. We know from history the consequences of this altering in the words of Dr. King, there can be no deep disappointment where there is not a deep love. We have a deep love for our country and watching it come apart at the seams is gut-wrenching right now. We're in a state of mourning for the brave men and women who died to protect the very freedom that now seems to be up for sale for the highest bidder. We're deeply saddened that our young people have uh, been seduced into this mirage of a utopian society. I believe that as long as sinful nature exists in people, a utopian society isn't possible, no matter how good it sounds or how much we would love it. But we're not going to be fanning those, fl those flames on this show. It's just not helpful. So instead, what we're going to be doing here is turning our attention towards the things that we can do. We can start with first learning to fight on our knees focusing on God's promises. What he wants for us is peace, peace inside that knowing whatever comes, we can handle it. We're going to be okay. He told us to be anxious for nothing and to take heart. He has overcome the world. We also have to learn to change our questions, guys. We can't ask anymore, why did this happen? Or how come I didn't see this coming? Instead, we've got to shift to questions now, like how can I maintain my peace where my strength is and how can I help? We've got to make up our minds to not quit on America. This is not the way that the American story is going to end. We can't panic. We can't fall into despair. Um, we're not going to let fear take root. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the reason that I'm here today, the reason that you're here today, and the reason that my guests are here today is because we still believe in the power of God. We still believe in the human spirit, and we still believe in the survival of the American dream. So with that, I'd like to introduce you guys to my guest today. I am going to uh, bring in Quincy McKnight. Um, he is U.S. congressional candidate. We're going to be uh, getting to know him quite a bit on this show. Welcome, Quincy. How are you? I'm wonderful, Diane. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And I'd also like to introduce you to Kimber Annie. Uh, Kimber is my longtime friend. She uh, is, an, is a writer and a poet, and she spent about 15 years on the road with um, best-selling author, former Mrs. America, and motivational speaker Sherry Rose Shepard. So welcome, Kimber Annie. She's going to be uh, on the show often. She's going to be a, a, an ongoing contributor. So good to have you with us today. Hi. Thank you, Diane. So let's uh, let's talk about Quincy for just a minute. And guys, mm -hmm. the, the whole title of this show um, is very powerful. It's where do we go from here? 
Um, so we're going to be talking about solutions today, but let me tell you a little bit about Quincy first. Uh, he was brought up in the foster care system. Uh, one of the things I love that Joyce Meyer always says is you can have a tough start, but you, you may have had a tough start, but you can have an amazing finish. And I think you're well on your way to a great finish, Quincy. So went on to become a successful banker, has worked with JP Morgan Chase, um, went on to be the CEO now of Covenant Pay Partners. He's got a bachelor in political science from MTSU, also a master's in finance from Cornell University. Um, you've been very active in ministry at Lipscomb. You serve on the board of C12, ran for the Tennessee State Senate and, in 2014, and now you're up for the U.S. congressional seat in 2022. I mean, what a slacker. <laughs> you know, I um, it's an ongoing battle, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, very proud to have you with us today. And I want to just dive right into these conversations, guys, because people are hurting out there. We're coming up on this tough week and people are angry. I think one of the things that would be so helpful is for us to look at what we can learn from the game tapes. You know, looking back on this election, what can we learn from the Democrats? What can we learn that would be very helpful for us going forward? And how do we reinvigorate hope in Americans and in the election integrity process? So, Quincy, I'm going to throw that to you for just a few minutes. I'd love your initial thoughts on that. And then we can dive in to deeper conversation. Sure, uh, Diane. Well, first of all, what comes to my mind first day is today's Martin Luther King Day. We're honoring uh, Dr. King for everything that he done in the civil rights movement. Um, however, but it brings me to the quote of the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And right now, you and many other leaders across this free world, greatest nation on earth, America, we are at that place of controversy. We are at that place of, of, of trying to find balance again um, as Americans, um, because that right now we're leaning on different things, different ideas to point finger pointing to all sorts of things. But right now we need to find balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's easier said than done, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when we look at the ground game, I just want to talk, Frank, just talk very, very real here on this program. You know, it's more of a conversation. Uh, you know what? The Democrats had one one heck of a ground game going. And I know a lot of people are very disheartened in the Republican Party. And I've also heard a lot of people say it's not really so much about the Republicans and Democrats anymore, or even the liberals and conservatives anymore. A lot of people really feel like at this point that it's a, it's it's between good and evil. And I know people feel very, very strong about that. They've shared with me. So let's back up for a second. What what kind of ground game did the Democrats have? Where did we as Republicans fall short? Well, that's a couple of different areas. Um, be frank, um, and this is about you know true candidacy here. Um, the Democrats they had a wonderful ground game. They had a wonderful grassroots game that, um, quite frankly, I think it caught most of the country off off guard. Yeah. Um, and most conservatives were not anticipating that, especially in the state of Georgia, um, as we all followed. And literally, the future of the country laid in the hands of, uh, of the Georgians. So, so with that being said. 
we are at a place now as conservatives of where do we go from here as the topic of the show? And so we have to put our heads together now to come and get more, more creative. We have to start reaching across the aisles a little bit more. We have to start conversing and reaching out to different cultures and different ethnicities um, if we want to achieve balance again, um, especially in the house um, and around our country. Um, and for years, and you and I have talked in previous times, Diane, and, and with other leaders, we have got to get off our hands as as leaders in the Republican Party. We have to get off our hands. We have to start doing things we haven't done before and actually learn a thing or two from the Democrats, because you cannot you cannot discount what they've done. Um, you may not agree with some of the things, they, how they did it, uh, but it happened. And now we have to return. It's like it's like in sports. We have to be able to bounce back. You have to work hard, sit back, understand where we went wrong, mm-hmm. put a game plan together and move forward. Mm-hmm. But if we're not doing that, the finger pointing, going back and forth, that's not going to help at all. Yeah. And yeah. especially here in Tennessee, Tennessee is the number one most fiscal uh, conservative state in the country. And I'm very proud to, to say that. Um, but if we want to keep it that way, we've got to have a wonderful ground game uh, reaching across the aisle. Mm-hmm. So I just want to clarify a couple things. I'm seeing some comments popping up over here. People, I just want to make sure you guys are not confusing us uh, or, or not mis- misinterpreting what we're trying to say. We are not on board with uh, how we all feel this election was was handled by the Democrats. A lot of people do feel like it was stolen. I feel that way. Um, so we are not endorsing that in any way. What we're talking about are the is the ground game as far as them moving in lockstep, them being on one mission with with one message. And what I feel like is what my observation has been, and I'd love you to weigh in on this too, Kimber, because you're looking at this a little bit from the outside, not being in a political seat. It looks to me like you know, the Republican Party, we are a, a, a large organization of individuals. We believe in self-governing, the very things that the Republican Party stands for, the things we're proud of is we believe in self-governing. We believe in being self-sufficient. We believe in reaching out and helping people because we choose to and we want to, um, not because we're forced to. These are the types of things we believe. Whereas on the Democrat side, it seems like they are just in lockstep. If they, they have each other's backs, right, right or wrong. That's how they operate. It's like one force coming forward where we are a bunch of individuals. And so I think that's more what we're talking about is when we say the ground game is is getting more united and getting more um, bringing all of the different elements of the Republican Party together. So let me just have you weigh in on this for just a minute, Kimber, and, and looking at this from the outside, because I know you hear a lot of talk on the streets out there. What are people saying to you when, when we look at where, where the Republicans fell short in the minds of people right now? Yeah, um, well, I was very fortunate that I got to hear you speak, Quincy, um, last week. And um, I loved what you said about it's time for us to get off our hands. It's time Mm -hmm. for us to fight. And I think that is the biggest thing that I am hearing. um, I guess I would paraphrase it in that um, the word warrior is actually uh, coming to life. It's taking on a whole new meaning. And um, we we are people we are choosing now to let our voice be heard and um to step forward and cause issues if we have to in order to fight for our belief so Mm -hmm. i love the word lawyer warrior right now and i i think that's what's 
kind of spreading around. Mm -hmm. And we're having to be careful because, you know, we are not, I want to just publicly say here on record that, and I know I speak for the two of you, we are not at all in agreement with, with handling things in a violent way. We are not for any of the violence that happened at the Capitol or in any other city across America. Um, there's, there's no way that we are trying to encourage people to, to go out and, and be violent. Um, so when you say warrior, again, I just want to make oh, sure yeah. people are understanding what we mean, mm -hmm. but it's more of this. I think it's more of this fight. Uh, like I said, on our knees and it's more of this fight in coming together. I think a lot of people are saying things like, you know, I think people are just guilty. If they're guilty of anything in our party, it's just taking care of their kids, raising their families, you know, um, going to work, attending church. They've just not been paying attention while it seems like the Democrat Party has been at work, hard at work, you know, for about the last 50 years, kind of slowly infiltrating and winning over these young minds and infiltrating the education system and all they have been, they've been in it for the long game. And I think we just got a serious wake up call, you know, when Trump came into power, um, he brought all of this corruption to light. He, he brought, he shined big spotlights on a lot of things that were happening. And we all just kind of went, whoa, <laughs> we didn't know this, was, this was happening. We didn't know this was going on. And so again, I, I do feel like it's important to denounce the violence publicly. Um, but what can we do now, Quincy? You know, what can we do now? Not inciting violence, but to come together and have our voices be heard. Uh, because I think a lot of people now feel like they're never going to be heard again. That's not true, oh, but that's how they feel. Yeah. No, everyone has a voice. This is America. And that's the wonderful, greatest things about living in the greatest country in the world is that you have a voice and it's our, it's, it's, it's our God given right to have that voice. So, but one of the things that I can say that after talking to many, many people throughout this election, uh, presidential election cycle, and I've learned what has happened, we're not listening. That's one of the things that the generation Y behind us is saying, hey, you're not listening to us and we have to listen. We're not, we're, we're, we're in that some instances, we almost become a little dogmatic toward other people's beliefs, cultures, everything that they have going on in their personal lives. And so we have to start listening a little better than what we have been in the past. Um, when when I'm out and about, I, I can't, you know, people ask me, why are you a Republican? And why is this? How can you be a Republican? And how can you talk about growth in a party that we feel doesn't support, for example, African-Americans or other cultures for that matter? Mm -hmm. But I have to beg to differ because I can give you 100 examples of how and why. Um, but moving forward, we have to do a better job of saying, hey, you are a person just like I am. We have to achieve balance because there are some wonderful, wonderful. Some of my best friends are Democrats, and and we have great conversations. And uh, we don't, we choose not to argue, <laughs> uh, but uh, we have great conversations to to learn to agree to disagree, and yeah. and and we have to start doing those things and coming to a common ground. As the friends of uh, my good friend Dr. Ming Wen, he he's has he always says we have to come to a common ground because yeah. if we don't have some common ground, some commonality. We're going to continue to walk down a path of complete um, destroy our our, our, our great nation, um, and and we have to always remember God is in control. 
-hmm. of every single one of our situations. I don't care how much we try to put down. If we're not trying to do exactly what we're supposed to be doing as conservatives and trying to, to keep the promises of God in front of us as men and women um, and for our families and for our businesses, then we're not going to be able to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm a very I'm a very practical person. And when I say when I hear us, even as politicians, make statements like, you know, we have to move forward. We have to get a good ground game. Um, Bill just put up a great question. You know, what does that look like? Like what exactly like what are the step by step things that we're going to do, you know, to achieve that? Because it sounds mm -hmm. great. But, you know, what are we going to do? And that's what I want to get into next. But before we do that, yeah. I want to play a quick a, a quick clip of uh, Vernon Jones, our good friend Vernon Jones, who just uh, joined the uh, Republican Party officially. Um, he was the Democrat uh, representative out of Georgia and just kind of came out, if you will, on the stage <laughs> in Washington <laughs> as a Republican. So let's hear what Vernon, how he weighed in on it, and then let's talk about exactly what we're going to do. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. And ironically, the bigotry in the Democratic Party is at display because when Governor Zell Miller, who was a United States Senator Democrat both times, when he supported President George W. Bush and spoke at the Republican National Convention, the Democrats were hashtag crickets. Why? Because they don't want independent African-Americans to be able to vote independently. They want to keep them on their plantation. And I'm just not a part of that uh, plantation. I'm, I was a state legislature. According to our Constitution, only the members of the Georgia General Assembly can change state laws, not the Secretary of State. And so, but many people were very discouraged by what happened with the election process. And we like to call it not so much voter fraud, but election fraud. So what my goal is, is to push for election integrity. What my, what my role is, I feel as though I'm bringing brand new ideas to a grand old party. I'm bringing a grand new party to the grand old party, new faces, new ideas, um, new energy, because we believe that most people are at the heart of supporting the Constitution. All right. So I think he made some great points there. And I loved when he said, we're going to bring some grand new ideas to the grand old party. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you from just running uh, recently in this election, and Quincy, you ran also, most people have a basic knowledge of national politics, but I would say the large majority of people do not follow local politics. And what we have seen in this election, if nothing else, is we've seen how everything trickles down to the local level. Lo all politics start at the local level. And so I think one of the things I want to do on this show is educate people. So the first thing we can do to start bringing new ideas and start turning the tide is to begin educating people, um, not putting them through a constitution course, but breaking down these complex ideas into, into layman's terms and giving people action steps, things they can do from their own kitchen table to start moving things forward. So the first thing I would say is we need to understand that all politics are local. So we need to understand the inner workings of local politics. I mean, Kimber, would you say, I mean, I, I don't want to be a talking head here. Would you say that most people don't really understand local politics? Uh, I would say that very, yes, a high percentage do not. Very much so. Yeah. And, and why do you think that is? Why do you think people are not really dialed in there? Um, you know, I think we haven't been brought up with it. Uh, a lot of us, like the children today, are being brought up with it. And uh, 
that's one of the beautiful things I think through all of this is that um, these kids are going to understand government and local politics and the you know the different systems and all, which is something that really wasn't introduced to me. And I think a lot of Americans it uh, wasn't introduced to us when we were young. Yeah, and it's supposed to be we're supposed to have classes in schools like civics, <laughs> you know, uh, and and I think maybe just the interest level, you know, we've been in a in a I don't know a fifty year at least kind of um, high in America where we've, you know, the baby boomer generation, we were raising kids and, and then coming up in the Gen X generation, we've been raising kids to um, kind of have a better life than we had. And we're a little bit removed from major world wars and things like that. So I think we've had this awesome, you know, several decades of really not having to think about it too much. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, these you know, this ground game was going on kind of under the surface. So I think bringing people into under a better understanding of the local politics. And so what I mean by that is how does the state legislature work, you know, and what does that mean to you? What laws, understanding how laws are made and what goes into that law process and then understanding it all the way down to the city council level, how it matters, you know, in your neighborhood, um, because that translates up. It's not the other way around. It doesn't translate down. It translates up. So we've got to get more educated there. I think, too, and Quincy, you talked about it a minute ago. We've got to start communicating with the immigrant communities around us, um, understanding we, we've got a large Hispanic community now growing in, in our country. Um, we've got um, all different segments, all different ethnicities now that are coming into politics. Um, one of the things that I just recently saw is, you know, we've got a record number of women now, 25% of all members of Congress now are women. And when we look at the uh, ethnic community, we've got now over 10% of black members in Congress. Um, so we've got Tim Scott and a lot of these people up there doing great things and making waves, but we've got to learn to talk We've got to learn to understand what's on their mind and not just keep parroting what we've come up to believe in our own kind of closed community, our closed homes. Um, we've got to expand and, and start to care about what's on the minds of other people and what they're facing. So if you can speak to that for just a minute, Quincy, and how do we how do we better understand our neighbors with different sure. Yeah, well, first of all, Diane, you got to understand, and people have to understand, we have awakened a sleeping giant. Oh, yeah. There, there, there are people that have never voted before in their life, but this election, they got into it because they were tired. They're tired. And, and when you're tired of something, you'll eventually start to do something about it, or you're just going to roll over. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, the Democrats showed us they didn't roll over. Yeah. They got up, they rose, they went to the polls, and they voted. Um, and we took that for granted. Um, now, I will say that we are not doing a good job. One of the things that we can do to move forward, uh, because we can focus on the problem all day long, but we have to create solutions. Mm -hmm. um, and those type of solutions are getting out into these cultural cultural events without, within our communities across the country. Uh, because in, because I, I've been down in Florida and Georgia and other states uh, over the last couple of months. And, and I have seen a tremendous, tremendous outpour of the immigrant communities between Blacks and, and, and the Asians and the Jewish communities trying to come with some common ground. So, we, so, so coming out and, and we have to take that old mindset of yesterday off mm -hmm. and put on, put on a new mind. Um, because if we have to start thinking differently outside the box, because for the establishment of the GOP, 
it's no longer it's they're trying to make it non-existent mm -hmm. uh, and and as it's that for those establishments uh within the party uh we've got to be different we have to do different things different because as the old saying says if we continue to do the same things we're going to continue to get the same results uh, yeah. and i think many of us can attest to that in life um, mm -hmm. so so i would say start hitting the community meetings uh start in your community in the different community churches around the country we can start mm -hmm. reaching out across the line i mean because you know it, it really i i had someone to uh, have a conversation with me just the other day uh, that was uh, the, uh, from the hispanic community and one of the things I, I they asked me they said hey do you have a lot of hispanic friends and i was like i've got a few i don't have a lot mm -hmm. well in order to understand that hispanic community you got to have people around you in your circle you have to get involved and so my solution is we have to get involved. We have to, again, take off the old mindset of yesteryear and put on a new hat moving forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, I want to address some things that are coming up in the comments, and, and I wholeheartedly agree. We have, well, the, the, the kind of agreed on number is 75, 80 million people who voted for Trump. Um, and which means a lot of angry people now in our country. Uh, I think that number was higher. I think there was probably over 100 million that actually voted for him. Uh, but I think one of the things I learned on the campaign trail is that there are, are, I think, a lot more conservatives in our country than there are, uh, let's say, far left progressives. They're just louder. And they've because and because they have infiltrated the school system because they've infiltrated media, even big tech, all of these things. It feels like kind of the whole world's against us. It just kind of yeah. feels like, you know, we, um, how do you fight city hall? You know, my mom used to say that. So again, when we have all these giants in the land, God talks about this all the time. We have how the Bible is littered with these stories and we have all these giants in the land our only hope, I don't, I, I would say it's not something, it's not a defeated only, but mm. our hope is in God's restoration of our land, God strengthening us, God giving us ideas, God giving us um, endurance and um, patience and all of these virtues that we need in order to fight, like I said, on our knees. It's, I don't think it's about us sitting down and praying, it's staying in prayer all the time. I'm, we have to be actionable. Like we have to be out there doing things. I'm, I'm not advocating that we just sit sit back and with folded hands. But I think it's twofold. I think it's a dance. I think there's a part that we do in strength, in prayer, and in remaining joyful and peaceful in this very, very tough land of giants. Um, and then there's a part that God does. It's the part that we can't imagine, that we can't predict, that we can't expect. And the in tandem, those things together is how we get our country back. But speaking more uh, practically, again, I'm just so practical. It starts with conversations like you might think I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in my little corner of the world. What can I do? Well, if there are enough of us asking that question and enough enough of us dialing in there, then it, there's strength in numbers. Right. So if we are talking to going out and making friends in different ethnicity groups, um, we are reaching out. We're reaching across and kind of getting out of our little bubbles, getting out of our tents and being willing to have conversations, not doing all the talking, but more listening more listening to what's on their mind, 
we will find, I'm sure we will find that a large majority of the people who have immigrated here from places like Cuba and Venezuela, and all, the last thing in the world they want is our country to go socialist. That's the very last thing they want. They just came from there. So we might find a lot more common ground than we realize, but it starts with just those conversations in your neighborhood at your kitchen table. And again, educating yourself. Y'all, one of the things that I did that was so helpful was I took this constitution class that is free. It's online. You can take the whole course at Hillsdale College. And they have a wonderful program there to really understand uh, the constitution and our local political structure. So I would recommend that everybody go on to Hillsdale College and and take a course and learn. Uh, But we've got to learn at the local level. So, Kimber, I, I know you have a lot of friends in different eth- ethnic groups. What's What are some conversation starters? What are some things that we can um, say? What are some things we can, you know, what are some what are some things we can talk about with them to kind of start to to find out how much common ground there is mm-hmm. between us all? Well, I I loved what Quincy said um, about um, we we don't argue about it. We just discuss it. And um, I just think, like you said, Diane, a big part of all of this is listening to the other people. And um, I guess I've taken the approach in my mind and when I talk with people and it seems appropriate of almost flipping it to try to find um, something good that is going on through all of this because because there really is. Um, and, you know, the Holy Bible says that as the, wheat grow as the weeds grow so does the wheat and as the dark gets darker the light gets lighter and um honestly that's a big part of where i turn the conversation when i'm talking to people you know anybody so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. how about you quincy i'd love for you to weigh in on that what are some conversation starters what are some things we can do in our own neighborhoods what, what can we say Well, as I've already stated, we have to get out of the house, number one, (laughs) and we have to start going into our churches and start meeting, introducing yourselves. Um, It's not something that's very comfortable for some people, but you have to start somewhere. You have to. Um, As a business owner, I can't grow my business if I'm not opening my mouth. You know, closed mouths don't get fed, you know, (laughs) so so you have to go out and you have to to open and start conversations, things that are not comfortable to you. um, um, That's that that is the ultimate thing for me. uh, That's one of my strengths is being able to communicate and be be very uh, upfront and introduce myself to I am and what I believe and what I stand for. so besides your churches, you, you got your schools, you got all sorts of community events that are happening. Um, and we can even take it right here at home uh, in, in Nashville. We, there are lots and lots of things in Middle Tennessee and Tennessee, for example, that are Republican based. And how many times have you going, gone to events and seeing the same people at every single event? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That should be a sign that things are not changing. Yeah. So, so, if you want change, we have to be about it. We have to talk about it. And, and, and we can't just sit around and say, oh, we want to diversify the party. And you're not. We, yeah. it, it comes, you know, a tree is known by the fruit it bears, right? So, yeah. so we're not bearing the fruit that's going to display diversity. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so we have to have new, new leaders in place to set these things in place to move in this country forward. Because if we don't, we're going we're gonna to be doomed to repeat the same things over and over again. 
And that's not fun for anybody. No one wins in this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And this whole idea of what I call the utopian society, you know, uh, when I was talking about the, you know, when the, when the progressive party is who I call them, I don't even think they're really Democrats anymore, not your grandfather's Democrat, <laughs> uh, you know, but this progressive, this radical progressive party, you know, what they're, what they're pumping out and what they're selling to our youth sounds great. You know, everybody's going to be, everybody's going to have a seat at the table, um, you know, everything's going to be free. You don't need to pay for that college tuition. And we're going to cover that. You know, it, the thing, it looks like they're handing out candy from the candy store, you know, and these kids are just kind of, I say kids. I mean, it's, there's a lot of different people in a lot of age groups that are just kind of thinking that we're the ones that have not evolved into thinking that that could be possible. And again, I come back to, we've, we've got, we've got, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there is a sin nature on in all of us. And so you're always going to have those people that are lazy that don't want to work and somebody else pulling, you know, double the load. You're going to have people who are going to test the limits and push the envelope and steal. And all of these, we're, we're going to have that because we've got sin nature in the world. That's why a utopian society is not going to work. If everyone could come up to an evolved emotional, you know, mindful level of, you know, health, then maybe that could work. But it's the fact is we live in a fallen world. And so this is why we need a savior. This is why we need Jesus. Um, eventually, we know the end of this story. Eventually, we know that we will live in a utopian society with the, with the Lord. But right now on this particular planet Earth, this spaceship Earth that we're on, um, it is not realistic. And so I love that we keep that we continue to try to reach out. I love that we continue to try to reach across the aisle. But we also one of the things I want to say too before we go here is we also have to realize that we that reaching across the aisle cannot mean compromise. We cannot compromise any more than we have without you know we're starting to push backward now. It seems like to me that that compromise has to go both ways and I see it very being very one way at this point in our, in our political environment. And so this is kind of where they have us. It's like this bully system almost where it's our way or the highway. If you don't come and do it our way, then we're going to reach out. You're going to lose your job. You're going to, I mean, all these consequences. And this is why a lot of people feel silenced now. They feel like they can't speak up. They feel like they're losing um, their freedom of speech and all of that because they're punishments, real punishments. If they don't comply with this, uh, <laughs> you know, tolerant other party. And yeah. so we, we've got to realize that, yes, it's about compromise. Yes, it's about reaching across the aisle, but it's got to be a two-way. And when it's not, then we have to know where our boundary is. We have to know where our line is. And we have to be willing to, to stand firm for what we believe. And I do think that people are right. It is kind of coming down to good and evil at this point. So if that's the case, then all the more reason we have to fight with spiritual weapons and not, you know, man-made weapons anymore. Um, it's got to come. The fight has to be on our knees at this point. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to just wrap up here um, and talk about, so, so we, we just want to hit the highlights from today. So we want to reach out to people who don't look like us, right? Get involved in our churches and in organizations where we can start to learn about what, what people who don't look like us care about. Um, we can start to take constitution classes or, or even just to start, tuning into this show because we're going to be breaking down politics so that it's a lot more understandable for the average everyday person out there. Fight on our knees, get into prayer and, and ask God 
for wisdom. Ask him for a peace in your heart. We can have peace right in the middle of the storm. You know, there, everything can be falling apart all around us, but we can have that peace. That's what he gave us if we just know how to tap into that. And what else am I missing here? The things we talked about today, the takeaways for people today. Oh, you're doing awesome. You're doing awesome with all of this. Yeah, just I want people to, to have practical takeaways. Um, you know, I, I think just the other thing is is to not panic, you know, to not panic. We we have a God who's very capable and he's on the throne. And this is the not this is not the first time that we've been in the land of giants. <laughs> OK, in uh, spiritual history. So it's it's going to be OK. It's going to be OK. All right. So as we uh, as we close up here, guys, I just want to make make sure you guys are aware. Uh, Quincy McKnight is going to be running for the U.S. congressional seat in 2022. Quincy, anything you want to tell them on the campaign trail out there? I think you're in Georgia today, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I am. So, yeah, we're um, we're out here hitting it hard um, as much as we can and as far and wide as we can, um, put, picking up tremendous support. Um, and and let me say, Diane, too, before we close, um, I, I want to say that there were it was a really big awakening to be a part of the things that happened in D.C. Uh, we were not on the steps or anything like that, but uh, being in the near the Capitol and seeing this stuff happen and unfold before our eyes was a huge awakening for the whole world to see mm -hmm. this. And, and if we don't start to to really be real with ourselves, real with our parties, real within our churches, real within our families, and not allow them the, the ordinance of how God set this whole thing up uh, from the family. And especially, and I'm, and I'm really hitting it from the black man in the family because we're the black man is slowly being pulled away to almost where we shouldn't have a voice. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'm gonna be talking about on the campaign trail is being that voice, not being afraid to stand up, not being not being weak, because we got enough weak leaders as it is. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of weaker weak leaders that are, that are very weak and they're not stand, standing up and speaking up for mm -hmm. their constituents. Because the only time they want to come around is when during election time and they want checks. They want this. They want that. But we have to start doing as leaders. We have to start doing our part and making the constituents feel wonderful that, hey, I support you. I'm getting behind you and I believe in what you're trying to do. So um, and I will I will want to uh, uh, in my part on a quote from Martin Luther King. He says that if you can't fly, you then run. If you can't run, you walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do have, you do to keep moving forward. And yeah. I want to leave that as a positive note because you have to keep moving forward. No more excuses. It's time out for all the excuses. Yeah. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. I really appreciate you being with us today. Um, really enjoyed having you. Thank you. Our, Thank our you. very first, uh, our very first broadcast here, and uh, I think it's very fitting on this Martin Luther King Day to be yes, having this discussion. I know that uh, he was all about peace, and he was all about, uh, you know, freedom, and he was about this American dream. And we're not going to give up on it. We're going to continue to champion it here on this show, mm -hmm. and I encourage you guys to tune in. We're going to be here every weekday, um, three o'clock p.m. Central Time. So thank you guys for tuning in today. And uh, Kimberly, Annie, thanks so much for being with us as well. Joy to have you. And we will continue the conversation, guys. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm.